So, do you want to know why Hannah was just hovering? No, why? Because I wanted to play a final prank on you and I asked her to try and distract you and take you away for a moment. <laughs> Hannah's, Hannah is my, like... No, you turned both our housemates against me this week. <laughs> I felt mildly bullied. Oh, no, what? Welcome to Just 10 Things, the podcast about being just a little bit better. I'm Efwa. And I'm Katie. This series, we'll be looking at the 10 attributes of the perfect woman. easy on you considering some of the things I thought of doing. That's true. I I did kind of... It's really weird. Once you get into the pranking mindset, you do lose perspective. Yeah. Because some of the... Like, the things that I was considering doing to you um, were all quite mean. And I was just like, oh. What was the one you were saying last night you came into my room and realised you couldn't do? So, um, the prank... This was a prank that I was like, so let in put to put it in context, I wasn't going to do it. Uh, I was I, I read about it and I was just like, this is too mean, I can't do it. Then I came home mm. um and Katie had soaked my towel um in water, which I mean that sounds that sounds mild, like oh but I only had one towel, and so all I could think about in my mind was like, how am I going to have a shower tomorrow? Which was exactly what I thought with glee as I did it. Because <laughs> I looked around for other towels, because I was like, I'm just going to do all of them. And see, so all of my um, all of my pranks, I've been like, I don't want to mess with like Katie living her life. And this prank that I'd thought of like really would. So there's a prank where you can unscrew someone's shower head... Oh. oh, and put a stock cube in it, oh, and no. then screw it back on, so that when the, as they're having a shower, they're just being sort of like basted in chicken That's stock. Disgusting. And I was like, I can't do that. That's so mean. That's so horrible. And then I got here, and my, you know, I was like, how am I going to have a shower tomorrow? I was just like, right, this is on. So I went up to your room, but your um. Your shower head doesn't unscrew. Like, without it, I was like, oh, I'd probably cause some damage. Yeah, thank heavens for small mercy. If I... That one that one would have been tricky because I'm not great in the morning. Yeah. Like, generally, I found this whole thing highly entertaining. I love pranks. But I, if I got in the shower at seven... I know. And been covered in stock cubes. That's how I kept thinking to myself. I was like, I wavered every, like, every time I was just going to... And I had, like quite long discussions with like various different people about like right how would you react and all of them were like badly um I was like how do you think Katie would react and they were just like oh she'd probably react badly but she did also um put salt in your bed salt yeah I did do that in my bed so I was just kind of like you know what quite a lot of salt quite a lot of salt and once again I hadn't done like, this is, all of this, like, all of your pranking has been so laundry-based. Yeah, because you told me you hadn't done any washing in a while. <laughs> I can't believe, like, you know, you used my, like, greatest weakness. <laughs> my inability to do, you know, washing in a timely fashion against me. I was also going to do the water thing with your underwear. As in, like, fill your sink. 
but I didn't, you know? I haven't had much opportunity because you are always in the house. Yeah. This is where being um, a hermit slash recluse has really, like, worked for me this and, week. And the worst thing is that every time I did something, so often mine were done before work because F.Y. leaves the house before I do, I knew that I was going to come home that night to a prank because you would have several hours of opportunity and yeah. people to help you think of things, apparently. Yeah. So, but I, I think... So if we start talk about the pranks, mm-hmm. I think that my pranks were quite tame, yeah, um, and quite like light-hearted, JP pranks. I think yours were meaner. Mine were meaner, but fewer. Although I think there's one you still haven't discovered. What? There's still a, you've done a prank that I haven't discovered. I think so. I don't know whether to tell you what it is or not. Because oh. I'd still quite like to see what happens. No! <laughs> I thought I'd had them all. Um, so, do you want to list out your pranks? Because okay. the people out, out in, the, uh, in, the in the world... So the first know. thing I did to Katie um, was that I got a pint of water. Well, that's probably more than a pint, actually. Probably like more than a pint. A bottle of water. And there's this sort of like a trick where you can put paper over the bottom and flip it over and put it on top of like a sink. I'm not describing it brilliantly, but we'll, I'll put a picture of it on um, on the blog. Mm-hmm. And you can remove the paper so that there's nothing underneath, so that the person finds it almost impossible to lift up the glass yeah. of water. So I, that day, got up at 4am for a flight from Lisbon to England, went into work, came home at about seven o'clock, half seven, desperate for the loo. And then here's this little sign on top of my toilet lid with an upturned bottle of water saying, sorry, you've been pranked. <laughs> I did find it quite funny, but I was very tired. And on my way home, I was just like, I really hope F was not chosen tonight as as the time to start this. But you had. I mean, that was the only, that was the best time. It was the only time, really. Took it quite graciously, though, I think. No, yeah, I? you did well. You did well. Um... I don't know if I would have been as gracious. Um, and then what else did I do? Oh, I taped up your door. Yeah, put some strips of tape over the door frame. Yeah, um, that wasn't what I wanted to do. So I did that and I was like, oh, that's nice. But what I really, really, really wanted to do is because I knew that you were at our kind of like local pub. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to think of a way of like pranking you at the pub because I would have been like, this would have been excellent. And what I really wanted to do, but I couldn't find anybody who would be able to do it, was to send someone in there to pretend to be like a spurned lover and to like <laughs> <laughs> just go crazy on you. That would have been amazing. In the pub. And like, even though you would know like it was a prank you'd just be so embarrassed yeah i would have been so embarrassed i wish you'd managed to do but that. i hadn't been able to should have tried to get the neighbors involved i should i should have like, tried hey, i know this is the first <laughs> time i'm meeting you but can you i was trying to get our um our housemate's boyfriend to go over i was trying to get dishy to come um but i just thought that would be quite funny and yeah. you wouldn't I don't that would know. have been great. Um, but he was not. He was not up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that. And then my final prank, and I think my favourite prank, because after after the towel situation, was when I stole your pillows. You did steal my pillows, 
that was relatively irritating. Yeah. I'm not going to lie because I was just like really tired. Yeah. And I just wanted to go to bed. Yeah. As soon as I stepped in the door. So I spent a while looking for the pillows. And then I realised that F4 was leaving her room wide open to me for my pillow hunt without really checking on me and what I was doing. So as I was going upstairs, each time I went upstairs to look for the pillows, I collected a toilet roll and I came downstairs and threw the toilet roll all over Ethel's room. So basically I, I TP'd Ethel's room, which was great. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I was so annoyed when I came in because I was just I was feeling really like on a high. Yeah, you were so <laughs> smug because you thought I was getting really worked up about the pillows. Yeah. About five minutes in I decided I'll just take a cushion from the sofa and I'll put it in a pillowcase because I sleep like a teenager so this isn't going to have a huge impact on my life and um, I got a text from Ethwa saying you're never getting your pillows back yeah which I'm I'm contemplating because you've just said that there is another prank I've not yet discovered yeah and I was just trying to pull, pull one on you just now I yeah I really, I'm proud of you because I have no idea where you've hidden my pillows. Plus, I think it's quite a clever thing to do. I'm glad. Um, the thing that's really gonna, I think, will frustrate you is that you, you, you walked past your pillows multiple times oh, in no. your search. But my thing is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you where I put your pillows. Um, what in case you want to hide them again as yeah, some kind of punishment? Basically, in case I want to use, because this is like. And also, because I don't trust... I'm just a bit nervous that this won't be the end. That we've opened a floodgate that I can't close. I've got some more ideas. I know, and it's, <laughs> so that's why I'm like nervous like to relinquish the one prank that, I've, that actually was quite good, that actually got you quite annoyed, because all the others were just really tame. Mm. But um, I have to say, I have... I've kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. I've kind of enjoyed the kind of... I mean, I've enjoyed the pranking more than being pranked, obviously. Obviously. Um, But it still kind of... is still kind of very at odds with my character because I'm just like, this... Why am I just being mean? And as I was saying before... So, like, as a sort of mini prank, because what is more in line with my character is just being annoying... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you that was my favorite bit actually so when i was folding up my laundry f just kept coming and getting it and taking it downstairs Wait. and then i had to come and get it and bring it upstairs but i still wasn't finished folding it so she just kept doing that giggling away yeah i really that's the kind of thing that i really like sort of like mischievous silliness and that's the kind of like thing that i enjoy but like just pranks and having to just the planning do you not get a high off it though i find it so exciting i I I I almost lost the boundaries several times i got really anxious sometimes especially like when i would have and also so when you poured the sauce in my bed it was a bit frustrating because i'd got distracted because what i knew what i wanted to do and um because what i knew would really frustrate you is what i wanted to do was to not react at all yeah um, and then, that's what you started to do what, but see the original plan was was that I was going to go to bed before you got home oh. and so that, and give you absolutely no reaction and never mention it 
and I was like that would really annoy her but you got home and you threw a ball of sellotape at me and so it was game on (laughs) I threw a ball of sellotape at you because you put it all over my door yeah right well I think playful is successfully conquered yeah I think I'm feeling pretty playful and we can carry this on with your education if you'd like no okay we'll stop great we're gonna shake on it Great, prank war is over. Okay, so this week... Ah, this week we spoke to... JP, who is one of my colleagues. Yes, and we spoke to him about intelligence. Yeah, so we hope you enjoy it. See you later. Bye. This proverb relates to... Techi and Ba, who are traditional proverbial names in Ghana, and it cautions you not to take playfulness to the extremes because whatever predicament Techi suffers would, in the long run, be experienced by Ba. A person who receives or takes in information, a listener, the faculty of understanding, intellect, also as a count noun, a mental manifestation of this faculty, a capacity to understand. So JP, what do you make of that? So I feel like there's a there's a part of an intelligence there that that I think is really key to understanding it that is kind of implicit but not included there. So definitely the learning part. It, for me, someone who's intelligent is someone who can learn, someone who can understand, but also that ability to take it and pass it on. Mm-hmm. So the, the understanding for me, there's no real way of defining that you've understood something until you can pass it on. You know, if you're a teacher, you can say, here's this thing that I understand and I understand it because I can share it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think someone can be intelligent unless they can share something. I mean, there's definitely people who you would describe as being intelligent just because you can't understand a thing they're saying. But I don't feel like that's a desirable quality in intelligence. See, this is part of the reason why I chose you for this week. <laughs> because um, JP and I work together and at work we're in a room with a lot of very intelligent people, I think it's fair to say, a lot of software engineers and developers. And JP is one of those people who's capable of looking like above the computer screen and explaining what he's doing in a, a really like easier to mm-hmm. understand way. Um, so we did an event a couple of weeks ago for the design team, but JP came along and explained what he did as an engineer. And for the first time, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> get this. I got some of that. <laughs> this is a huge compliment. Thank you. That is good. That is good. That's a useful skill. Mm-hmm. Cause I think, I mean, that's how we, like in school, how you would judge like whether or not you like some the kid has learnt something is by being like, ah, oh, they've learnt it, and then they can tell somebody else how to do it, which is like, ah, oh, that's like that's the sweet spot, right there. JP, you are that child. Yes. <laughs> you finally it only took thirty years. <laughs> you hit that sweet spot. <laughs> Um, So, another thing that happens at work Mm -hmm. is that we have design brainstorms. You probably don't know about this, actually. I've seen them happening. I don't know exactly what goes on, though. It's this dark, mysterious kind of voodoo. What what happens? So what happens is often we come up with these ridiculous ideas. Mm -hmm. Some of them I'm I'm not going to mention most of them, actually, in case they actually happen. 
But the response to almost every single one of those ideas is, well, JP can build that for us. Oh, God. I'm in trouble. <laughs> wow. JP builds things. That's amazing. Well, I before we started recording this, JP was telling us about this traffic light thing that he's built. <laughs> yeah. Which I feel... I mean, it needs it bears repeating because it sounds insane. The world needs to know about the traffic lights. It's it's really simple. So there's something that I I think <laughs> it is. Genuinely. I mean, I don't know why I haven't yet built a traffic light situation in my own room. But yeah. you explain it, and we'll see if I can. So one of the things that I think the 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 world is missing today in a lot of places is the blend between the digital side of the world and the analog, the physical side of the world. And one of the things we do a lot as engineers at Delivery and everywhere else that has software engineers, you build code and you test it. And one of the things you want to make sure is that the code that you've built is not gonna break. It's not gonna screw everything up and people won't get their food and everything else that goes on. So that all runs on a computer and quite often that computer is in America or in some other ridiculously distant part of the world that you're never actually going to see the computer, let alone the data that it's working with. So having something that shows you what's going on and lets you know when you need to do something is really useful. And knowing that everything's going well and that your code's going to be deployed and someone's going to be able to get their food that much faster is really useful information. So we built this traffic light, well, I built this traffic light that now the entire office uses and everyone's tweaking it, where it's an old set of London traffic lights, like huge thing, it's massive and massively unwieldy as well. And every time the build passes, it goes green. Every time it goes wrong, it goes red. And when it's sitting there thinking about what's going on and running the test, it has the amber light in the middle. So when people see it go red, they go, oh crap, we have to sit down and start doing all of this work and make sure it's working correctly. It, it's really nice and it's a, a simple way of making sure people know what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah. Just a, just a casual... So there's our challenge. Just go and code a set of traffic lights. Yeah, I'll do that. My coding is spectacular. Yeah, mine too. Have you ever built um, built anything else? I build a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about some. I feel like this is a moment where I should I should tell you about my my current project. Yeah. It, it's it's potentially sort of secretive. Oh. It's another work based one, but it's awesome. So I'm Are we allowed to put it on the podcast? Oh, definitely. No one else knows about it. Okay. Um, it's a thing I really want to call deliver roulette. It's. Well, you know that thing where you want food. You yeah. don't know what food you want. Yeah, yeah. But you're kind of like, I just want food. Yeah. I'm building a massive wheel of fortune kind of thing, like a yes. metre wide. It's going to have 12 different restaurants on it. Um, and you basically hit a button and it will randomly pick a restaurant, randomly pick food from that restaurant and deliver it to the office mm. for us. So you never have to worry about that again. And because it gets even more you know, fun when you make extra things go on, I've got a little uh, telephone, rotary dial telephone thing, so you can choose how many people you want for, and then a big button. <laughs> so you go, oh, I'm gonna have five people, and it goes, whir, whir, whir. You hit the button, and then the lights spin around. Rather than it actually spinning, there's Edison light bulbs, you know, the hipster ones, and it spins around, <laughs> and it goes, oh, and then it lands on, I don't know, GBK, and you go, oh, great, we're getting burgers, and then burgers... And by that point, it's there. ordered. It's ordered, like, it's already ordered, and it's on its way, and then it counts down, and then 45 minutes later, there you go, you've got your, like, massive order of GBK. 
Delivery delivers in an average of 32 minutes or less. <laughs> I mean, we really need to think about maybe getting delivery to sponsor this episode. Because <laughs> you guys are really... So wow. building things, I think, is, is a thing that I really enjoy. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily related to intelligence. Just people who are kind of hyperactive and think about things and then go, what am I going to do with these things? Okay, I'll build something. So how do you think you have the ideas then? Because maybe the idea is the intelligent part. I, you've just made me go incredibly introspective. Like how, <laughs> how do I think? Oh, thinking. How do oh, ideas I, happen? Because there's that quote, isn't there? I'm, which I'm going to misquote now because um, I struggle. But you know, where they say like creativity is intelligence having fun. I love that quote. I've never heard it before. Say it again. I wasn't really listening to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you were gesticulating so close to my face. I was like, she's going to hit me in the face. Wow. Say it again. No, it's the, the idea that creativity is intelligence having fun. Wow. Um, and so I That's think really that is what JP is sort of like embodying because it's like, well, these things are like, they take a lot of intelligence, but you're not just using intelligence for intelligence sake. It's like, to actually kind of like enjoy yourself and to I don't be know, creative be creative or com- connect with something or someone or your stomach or in this stomach. case <laughs> for sure <laughs> mainly JP sits and thinks about food and how he can get it it's a good reason why I work at a food company I tell you but maybe it's the other way around as well mm-hmm. um, maybe people who are creative end up being viewed as being very intelligent because creativity I think everyone is creative in like a great, you know, every, always in a great regard, but maybe it's the passion to actually go and do something with that creativity that makes people think that person stands out. Mm. They must be intelligent. Look at all the amazing things they've done. Um, I suppose that's, what's dri- that's what drives you towards learning though. Like with your original point of yeah. learning being really important is that you have this creative idea and I want to make it happen, but I need to bridge that gap with learning and expanding my little world um, into knowing more. Yeah. Perhaps. Mm. I've been reading. Um, You've been reading? I've been wow, reading. you're so clever. Sometimes, you know, intelligence, um, about um, this thing called affinity spaces. Ooh. So it's places, especially like generally online, mm-hmm. but it's like any place where like learning can happen, but learning only happens but where learning happens because people are excited about the thing that they're learning about. Um, and so like, I've been reading about it in, in relation to like education, so how you can create things on, like in schools, which are like these affinity spaces that are, like exist online. So the idea like, that when a kid goes onto Minecraft, they're super excited to learn all these skills, not because, if I said to a kid, oh, I'm gonna teach you how to learn about like dimensions they don't want to know that but if they're building like a little stadium in minecraft then they want to know it because it's exciting mm. but there's not a lot of places like that in the real world mm. for, for adults but it sounds like that's what jp has found creating these kind of affinity spaces because you're telling us about your lecture series oh yeah yeah so the, it turns out uh, affinity spaces are definitely a thing I, i've never used that phrase before but i can see exactly where it comes from um the passion is a thing that i think uh, attracts me to other people in every regard 
And so this lecture series that I run is because I used to go to the pub with a bunch of friends at university. We'd go to the same pub like once a week. We'd sit down and we'd chat about the things that we'd learned and all the things we found exciting. And I always was struck by how many amazing things everyone was learning, whether it was in their lecture courses or whether it was in you know, life in general. But there was never enough time. And people, you know, you're, you're having a chat, someone says something and then you move on to the next topic and on it goes. You never really get to go down deep into a particular thing. So I figured, why not have a really basic place where people can talk about something they really care about? Keep it really brief because, you know, talking to other people can be really stressful. And if you're saying, hey, present your thing, tell us why the thing that you're doing is awesome, people can shy away from it. So uh, it's, it's a standard lightning talk sort of format, uh, 20 slides. They auto forward every 20 seconds. So you've got six minutes and 40 seconds to talk about anything you want. This basically means two sentences per slide and that's not a lot of time mm. so you find this nugget of stuff that you love and you talk about it and it turns out the two sessions that i've run before of six people in each every single one has been completely unique unlike anything i've ever heard before and fascinating wow what are the kinds of things that people talk about so weirdly enough my brother uh, spoke at the first one uh, we were talking about him earlier and he is a graphic designer used to work at delivery no additional Lincoln intended, but <laughs> he gave a talk on the color blue. What? Which is a hugely expansive topic, it yeah. turns out. But fascinating in its own right. Uh, some of the stuff that he was telling us about, there's a mine uh, in Afghanistan, or modern day Afghanistan, I think, which is the only place where you could get a natural coloring that made things blue. This was such a rarity that uh, back in the one of the ages of Egypt, this was the only way that you could get the blue colour that you would put on the tomb of a pharaoh. But it was so rare that you would use this as the eyeliner around the eyes. Oh. On the lower half of the eyelid only because the upper half was like, no, there's, there's not enough blue for that. Oh my and gosh. all the rest of it would be what they called Egyptian blue, which would be off blue. So this was like the height of this person is so regarded that we will use up all of our blue that we've spent years mining just to eyeline. That's genuinely fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> I was sitting there just like, like Yeah. So it like the idea from this is to capture people's passions and share them. And I think that's the core behind affinity spaces. Um, one of the things that I did at university was help start uh, a place called a hack space. Now you may have heard of them, they're all over the UK and the entire of the world. The idea is it's basically a communal DIY space, mm -hmm. but around creating as much and as varied kind of things as possible. Um, they're very inclusive, as normally you think of DIY as like a predominantly male activity, which is really sad because it turns out everyone's super creative. And hack spaces quite often have like an area where people learn about knitting, learn about how to use ridiculously high powered lasers to make things that are incredibly strange shapes. Um, people learn about uh, varieties of eco-friendly ways of doing things they hadn't thought about before. In Nottingham, the, the Notting Hack space <laughs> has like exploded from the smallest of starts, which was me and these two chaps sitting in a pub because I met up with them on meetup.com and was like, hey, this sounds fun. I'll come and join you. Maybe we can start something. And they're holding their 
2.5 relaunch thing in a couple of weeks time they have ridiculously big names sponsoring them they have people joining them from around nottinghamshire coming over it's fascinating and it's all based in the passion of people to share creativity in a way that i feel like a lot of people would think is really intelligent but is just people being passionate about what they're doing that's really interesting i wonder if there was more of that around if we feel like the world i don't know because i feel like so often the reflection is the world is getting more stupid gcse's are getting easier more people are reading the sun and the daily mail like people's attention spans are waning and i read this thing about multitasking the other day which said you drop 10 iq points every time you sort of start to multitask temporarily but you're not as capable in those moments as in others Maybe we need to open more hack spaces. Maybe. Well, there's a bit of a segregation. There's this. Other, there's the flip side of, of being deemed intelligent is that people can find you un- inaccessible. Mm. So think about spaces like that. I've described it in quite a sort of romantic fashion mm. because that's the way that I see it. <laughs> yeah. Like this is a place that helped me develop my skills in like an enormous variety of areas. But a lot of times if you describe something like that people will just go oh well that's a space for nerds yeah I, I either I won't fit in and so I'm going to keep my distance or that's not the kind of people I want to hang out with so it's not like it's a curse like being deemed as intelligent but it's definitely something which is considered I think a bit of a social stigma mm. yeah I think definitely and and definitely at school as well like oh yeah I still remember the day when I walked into university and for the first time was just like, oh, this isn't an embarrassing thing anymore to be capable at academic things. That was like the worst sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Academic things. I'm really clever, I promise. Uh, (laughs) But like all through school, it was like, oh, you're a boff. Yeah, that was the big... I don't know if that... We both grew up in Essex. Essex, (laughs) I've not come across the word boff before. (laughs) Okay. I get the meaning, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's embarrassing. Like it was a big insult to be called a boff. Like I didn't tell people my GCSE results because I was... A shame that they were good. I don't know. It's that, and not even right now. I'm like, I'm awkward about saying that because it feels like if you are intelligent, it is like that's that social stigma or whatever. And okay, you don't define intelligence by exam success. I'm totally on that school of thought. But the idea of actually saying, oh yeah, I think I am academically capable, is awkward thing to say. Whereas if you were like, oh, I'm really good at sport, it's not. It's not as embarrassing to say. Is that because it's inaccessible to other people? Which it shouldn't be and isn't, but deemed as such. Well, if we're we're sort of saying that it's about learning, then it's not inaccessible to anyone, is it, in reality? But it has become a separation, I think, in society. Mm. And I mean, not to take it down... Well, I'm not... I am going to take it down that route because it's also a thing, maybe, as a woman. Oh. Like, you know, if you are like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty intelligent... Is that like an intimidating thing? Because mm. it's, maybe it's not a. Because it's interesting that it's on this ridiculous list as a trait that is valued. Like this is, a... I think, the first time we've mentioned gender on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, on a podcast <laughs> on about being the perfect, perfect woman. woman, and then we're like, this is the time we're going to bring up. But it was an in, it's an interesting thing that it's you know this is apparently 
of one of the qualities yeah. of the, the perfect woman or it is something a lot of people said though when we did that initial so what are the what are the attributes of the perfect woman quite a few people did say clever intelligent capable mm. of holding a conversation interested like holding a conversation is something that requires intelligence yeah, <laughs> surely no. that's just like being <laughs> totally. human so and understanding skills. language but um, no because I just I wonder if it's because some people some of them would find it intimidating no they would find that they are intimidating if they were like, oh, you know what, I'm actually quite intelligent. Yeah, I think it's... I hope no one does. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm certain that is a thing for some people, but there is never a point where someone should feel ashamed for being intelligent. I mean, there's this point where being intelligent in some regard gives you power over other people. Um, so if you're able to run circles around someone else then you can go like oh I'm going to lead you down this route and then you're going to feel like an idiot and that mm. level of power over like manipulation exactly yeah. manipulative nature can be really really well, that's a terrible thing and mm. that is something that I think people can be worried about exhibiting but I don't know why anyone would should feel concerned about being more intelligent than the other people in the room other than potentially being rude mm. Because I suppose that's the thing, because intelligence, the other kind of perception is that kind of thing of arrogance and people lording it over other people, like, oh, I know more than you, and people who almost abuse that kind of, that thing that they have, the fact that they're intelligent, they might abuse that and make, to yeah. make other people feel less intelligent. And probably, like, unlike any of the other attributes we've spoken about on the podcast so far, this is the one that has the kind of if you have it in abundance it can be alienating mm. in a way but that's a shame but then there's also the fact that we're saying that there's lots and lots of different types of intelligence mm. I completely agree I mean emotional intelligence is a thing which is quite frequently not there with someone who is stereotypically intelligent but at the same time someone who's particularly emotionally intelligent can go incredibly far mm. in their chosen profession, their chosen whatever they end up doing. And I, I kind of wish that that was a thing that got incorporated under the same umbrella as yeah. intelligence, rather than it being, oh, well, here's intelligence and here's emotional intelligence, and those are different, because they're not. It's the ability to learn, to comprehend, to understand, and then hopefully to teach. So, obviously, the, the premise of this podcast is that we're going to try and be a little bit better at this particular attribute. I'm going to toot my own horn here. I'm pretty intelligent. Whoa! Yeah, I'm going to say it. I think I'm alright, but... That's so alienated. <laughs> I'm alienated by you right now. Like I've alienated half our audience. You're really pushing that in my face. But, um, you know, I'm going to extend the same to you. I'm going to say, you're pretty intelligent. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> But I feel like JP might help us look at this in a different way. So do you have any tips or ideas on how we could how we could personally look at intelligence in a different way? So I came here thinking I, I need to think up a challenge okay. for the two of you. And the one that I came up with was based around the stuff that we've been talking about the whole evening. The additional requisite for me of intelligence of being able to share it. Mm -hmm. So I reckon something that is, would help everyone uh, in this is to learn something they would never normally learn and then to teach it to someone else. Okay. And 
well, obviously you're going to be very good at this. This is something you do on a day-to-day basis, but something that you're not familiar with yourself. Okay. So pick something incredibly random. Find a way that it's almost uncomfortable for you to share it. As in, like, <laughs> it's not something that you don't you do all the time. So yeah. pick a topic you don't know at all, and then maybe in a pub with people who are receptive, but you're a little bit drunk, maybe. <laughs> Try and teach someone else. Because I find that gives you that aspect of intelligence because you've had to learn something, you've had to expand outside your area of previous knowledge, but also the ability to work with other people and use that emotional intelligence and say, oh, well, this person's really receptive to this particular way of teaching. Let's try doing that. Oh, wait, this person is hating this way that I'm, that I'm talking about this. Maybe we can try something different. So being flexible. Mm. Being, being flexible and for me sharing like Mm, is is core to it so So i guess if i were to ask both of you what is the thing you least likely would learn about normally oh gosh katie do you fancy like teaching cantonese to like our neighbors no (laughs) no i do not don't say that on air because this is a problem with this podcast like, we'll say something without thinking, and then next week I'll be, like, obsessively learning Cantonese and thinking, <laughs> what am I doing? This is a hobby. <laughs> this is my life now. No. Um, I, I don't think I would ever learn Cantonese, but my, my immediate thing... So I have a blog, which is at the moment inactive, and I have to do quite a few things with it to, like, reactivate it. It's coming back at some point. But I... I think the thing is, when I when I really want something, I'll go out and learn it. And often that, that manifests itself in the sort of typical creative things. So learning software and things like that to do with being creative, the Adobe Suite, for example. But when it comes to the blog, I have a very good friend who is infinitely generous with his time, who will help me code into it any sort of little tweaks and things that I want to do. And so I'm like... My immediate thought is to... But I don't know how I'd teach that to someone else. Maybe as a side project, I just need to learn how to do the things I want to do on my blog by mm. myself with the code and the CSS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But CSS maybe is like a little bit more re- For sure, accessible. but there's so much background. You've got to teach oh, everyone gosh. all the basics before you even get to that stage. Okay, I'm not going to teach that then. You go. I'll, I'll think. Because you could flip it on, on its head if you like. Yeah. What's the thing that you always wished you'd made time to learn? Oh, okay. So, JP doesn't know about Lodge Life. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> JP might, because JP has listened to a couple of episodes of podcasts. Tell me more. So, <laughs> Katie, Lodge Life is like my fantasy kind of idea of like a time and a place in my life. Ideally, a lodge somewhere where I can go and like learn all these things that I've always wanted to learn and just indulge in like these hobbies and creative and so at the lodge I'd be like you know practicing calligraphy and like painting but one of the things that I don't know if I've shared with you like the side thing that would would happen at the lodge is that I would learn to skateboard yeah. Have I shared this yeah. With you? I mean, I know everything about your life. <laughs> everything about the lodge, and like, it's always this thing of like, somehow in the midst of this, I've been like in this beautiful lodge in uh, like the redwood forest, like you know, and there'd be a lake, and the and in the middle of the day, I'd take some time out to learn to skateboard. That's the, and if there was like anything, but I don't think. I think I could actually learn to skateboard, mainly because you, I... So, to do this, you need to buy a skateboard, yeah. learn how to skateboard, teach someone else, and I don't even know if that's, like, <laughs> c- 
because what JP is saying is about emotional intelligence <laughs> and like passion for a subject matter and you're just like talking about physical activity that's not a bad thing it came to your mind as the first <laughs> thing that you thought you wished you'd learn yeah like, I mean I, I think I could find a skateboard mainly I want to see you on a skateboard so I you mean, do that no I mean that's the thing though because I'm the reason why I've never learned to skateboard is I'm terrified of breaking a bone because I've never broken a bone I think that's the thing like my tip to you guys if you are having children is let them break bones early because I think that it feels like <laughs> resilient you kind of say. robust children and because I've never broken any bones I'm just too terrified to just you know to do the things in life I need to do so okay so the English <laughs> language allows us to say that you never having broken any bones is an intelligent choice so you know I'd say that's a good thing it's a good thing but I do think that it means that because you know, like once you've experienced a pain, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, that wasn't too bad. Please tell me that one of the things on the list of ten is adventurousness, because it sounds like this is a thing. Of all the things you've spoken about, spontaneity was one. Awesome. Yeah, we've we've done that though. We did spontaneity. We could do it again. You could do it com- a combo offer. Yeah. So, what would the thing be that you most associate with intelligence that you'd love to do? To learn. Do you know what I'm thinking of? It's all the things I didn't re- like. I half learn on my degree. Mm. So you know when you just learn just enough to get an essay done, but you don't actually like go in full full both feet. So I'm thinking maybe Marxist theory. <laughs> <laughs> all right, maybe I can augment my challenge then. Okay. Pick a topic, something you don't know very well, something maybe you wished you'd learned previously, or something that you've never done before, and then present it in a. 2020 talk. Oh, that's a good shout. Six okay. minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Because we could always film them, put them on the blog. And we're just going to deliver them to each other. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we'll work out the details. I can arrange there being a crowd of two, three hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be part of uh, JP's new lecture series. <laughs> Kick it off with our Huddle. deep, deep No, I didn't say that. I'm... Wow, okay. I like this. We thought we thought about intelligence. Thank you so much, JP. Thank you, JP. We've thought differently. Yeah, definitely. It's not what I expected. It's a big topic. It is a really big topic. It's a tough topic. It's huge. One I of mean, the heavier stop. ones. I'm about to yeah, it's definitely one of the heaviest topics, I think, on the list of ten. Yeah. But you handled it magnificently. You're so very thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Good shout on JP. Thank you. I found him to be very interesting and intelligent. He is both those things, indeed. He also does a bit of moonlighting as the delivery customer services voice. Ah, so if anybody has any issues, or actually, you don't even need issues, just call up and. Call delivery customer services, JP will guide you through your options. Yeah, that's good, because I did just say he's got a good radio voice, so that's going to be a useful thing to do. Um, I think that we've sort of come to a conclusion about how we're going to tackle this. Yeah. After our little chat with JP. Um, so what, we're going to prepare some talks? Six minutes and 40 seconds. Six minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. 
Cool. We need to work out a way for the slides to auto play. Presumably, there's a thing that does that. I mean, PowerPoint. You can get PowerPoint slides to auto play. Oh. I mean, it's not hard. The wonders of modern technology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know this, right? You, you know, we can get you can get anything to auto play. PowerPoint, Prezi. Gosh, yeah. You have more presentation experience than me. That's I true. Think. I do do this a lot for for life. Well, I used to I used to present in my old job, but I just had one presentation that I did oh. time and time again. We so. do um, something at school called five minute challenges, which are very similar to what JP's suggesting, but we get the children to do it, and they um, can do a presentation about anything they want in the world. The only stipulation is that it cannot be more than five minutes, mm. and that it has to be something that they're passionate about and interested in, and they have to be prepared after their presentation to take questions gosh this is intense I mean, we're doing this as functioning <laughs> adults but... yeah and so it's a, it's very much and but it's amazing i i absolutely love it and i think it'll be i've always wanted um to do one well there so you go this is kind of here's your opportunity and you get an extra minute and 40 seconds i get an extra minute but more um constraints because i have to have a slide that also yeah but yeah okay so yeah stay tuned guys and we'll uh, if you have any ideas you quickly want to tweet us or email us I think we're still we're still a little bit up in the air as to what we're going to present yeah so if there's something you think that we should learn about this week and share I mean it might even be something you want to learn about and you want us to teach you through this um, these amazing presentations that we're going to give yeah let us know let us know see you later see ya bye Thank you for listening to Just 10 Things. Our email address is just10thingspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Just 10 Things or read more on the blog just10things.com. Music by bensound.com.